This is Essential. 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 This is Essential Audio. Hi all, welcome to the Money Pot. I am Gary Dempsey, the content leader for Money 2020 Europe, and I'm joined today by Keisha Allison, head of content for Money 2020 USA. Keisha, how's it going? Hey Gary. I'm not too bad. I'm in the middle of moving, and I've heard it said that moving is one of the most stressful things you can do. And I'll be honest, I'm really feeling that way. Not just the organizing of boxes and logistics, but just getting all the documentation together has been a real pain. It's been a real reminder of how central finance is just to living. I recently moved too, so I know what you mean. Those are the moments in life where you realize just how complicated money can be. And those complications can really paralyze people financially if you don't know how to solve them. Being LGBTQ myself, I have so many friends whose credit and banking are affected, which makes simple things like finding housing or even getting a bank card with their correct name on it quite complicated. As tech is growing to serve people where they are and for who they are, it is no wonder that niche banks are such a hot part of the neo-banking market. Yes, I know. We've spoken about banking for black and brown communities in the US a few weeks ago. And so I thought it would be interesting to look at another bank winning in its space by addressing the banking experience for the queer community with a particular focus on onboarding and identity management. You're talking about daylight, right? The ways they are tackling gender identity issues is really changing ideas around know your customer. Yes, the founders, Billy Simmons and Rob Curtis have redefined the idea of understanding your customer and have been solving major pain points when it comes to banking the queer community. They're also finding a lot of success along the way. Well, if you can offer new opportunities to an underserved community and find financial success along the way, that sounds like a win-win situation. But it's not easy. The community that sits under the LGBTQ plus umbrella comes with very different groups and they are aiming to serve and meet the financial needs of each of them. For me personally, their mission hits very close to home. From quite a young age as a gay man, I had resigned myself to knowing that it was next to impossible for me to start a family. Daylight offer access to loans to gay couples starting a family, which really changes the game for me and my friends. Another group they cater for is trans and non-binary people who face huge medical bills for their transition journeys. Daylight offers tools to access financial support as they go through this process. This is all central to why Rob and Billy were inspired to begin their business. We started Daylight just a little after the pandemic began. Um, And we started out with the idea of what would banking for LGBT folks look like? Uh, And... uh, As we dug in, we learned a lot about the state of LGBT finances and money. Um, What we came to realize is that our mission is about helping uh, LGBT people to have fulfilling futures faster. Um, And it's worded that way very specifically because we are the first generation of queer folks that can live as openly as we can now. And the opportunities for us to carve our own path are on the table. One of the main problems the trans and non-binary community face is around identity management. Traditional financial systems do not recognize them by their real name. Instead, they are often forced to use their dead name, the name they used before they transitioned, on their financial accounts, their debit and credit cards. And while it's still a legal requirement to request your legal name, Daylight is one of the first banks to allow you to be addressed by your name, even without jumping through a bunch of hoops. That's right. 
And Billy and Rob's experiences meant that they were able to quickly recognise opportunities to appeal to a large group of people, all by making a few simple changes to how a bank operates. I think for me, what was the kind of, that was really the sort of uh, light bulb moment of going through my own experiences as a trans woman who has lived in the US for many years and access banking services and indeed transitioned over here um, and just walking through all of my experiences and realizing that I had kind of normalized the experience that I'd had and the barriers that I'd been up against and and the, you know, the extreme discrimination that I had faced. Onboarding is the first impression you have with your financial institution. I can't imagine how frustrating it must be to not even be able to get your actual name on your debit card and then be subject to scrutiny and sometimes harassment when trying to make an in-person purchase. All the while knowing that the entire experience could have been avoided if your bank would have just printed the right name on your card. I know, right? This has led Rob and Billy to launch an industry-wide initiative to address this problem, the Call Me By My Name campaign. Call Me By My Name is a industry-wide call to action for all financial institutions in the US to take a look at their own internal systems and the systems that they have that reach customers and figure out where they are inadvertently or sometimes explicitly discriminating against trans and non-binary people. Um, you know, at Daylight, one of the, the core features that we launched with was the ability to not only have your chosen name on your card, regardless of if it matches your legal identity, um, but also to have that name reflected across all of our systems in customer support, on the app, in communications, and for it to be easily updatable through the app without having to provide any documentation or ask permission from anyone. And while that is a you know huge competitive advantage for us right now, we really see our role at Daylight as advocating for this change and the change that we want to see in the industry across the entire industry. Daylight has partnered with All Out on the Call Me By My Name campaign, calling on the American Bankers Association to issue guidance to all member financial institutions to redirect the money that they would have spent on advertising and marketing for the 2021 Pride events and instead invest in understanding how their services currently exclude trans and non-binary customers. Big corporations have been criticized in recent years for using pride as a bit of a marketing stunt for their own gain, rather than making tangible changes to cater to queer communities. This campaign calls for new standards that recognize a trans or non-binary person by their real name. This includes enabling them to update their name and gender identity free of charge and without needing permission from a doctor, judge, or notary. And they are advocating for each institution to publish an action plan by December 31st, 2021, with an annual report on progress. But hold on, doesn't this advocacy undercut the market they've cornered by giving away a key market understanding of the customer? They're kind of giving away the secret formula here, aren't they? Well, I think this is the balance between them setting up a successful and profitable business and them wanting to change the industry for the better. Rob and Billy know from personal experience how unwelcome the industry makes queer people feel. We still verify the user's identity. We still take legal name in at onboarding. Um, those things haven't changed. Um, what has changed is how we treat the customer uh, with empathy after that step and throughout everything that we do. You know, I still receive emails addressed to my dead name in the subject headline monthly from some of my some of my bank products um, that I use. 
And it is a sharp and emotional reminder of the fact that the financial industry still sees me as this previous person. So they do want to make positive changes to the industry. But don't get me wrong, they don't see Daylight as a charity or a campaign group. This is a business which has found an untapped and uncatered to market. And with one in six people in Gen Z identifying as queer, it is a growing market. And this makes business sense for us too. So as Billy said, um, our systems aren't designed with trans and non-binary folk in mind. And actually, our financial system is built on a binary gender. And this is just another example of where it's been designed for the majority, but without necessarily taking the minority into account. And why that matters for us is that it's a big share of our audience. Not only do they deserve to be treated with respect, which is where our advocacy work comes in, um, but this stuff matters in the moment. Building a banking product with empathy in mind makes a clear difference here. We've seen banks in recent years spending a lot of money making their physical stores trendy and appealing. But when you build a bank from a point of empathy, you start to uncover some pretty big product design gaps, which can really make a big impact for their customers, which costs very little to do. This is really redefining banking. And there are so many examples of where the industry is decades behind when it comes to KYC. What we've learned from that experience of looking at identity during KYC and through customer service is the extent of where the problems exist. Um, and so the moment that a trans or a non-binary person begins any form of transition and they'll find that their credit score splits into two records and it becomes incomplete. It's a major barrier to accessing credit right there and then. Splitting credit scores will definitely create barriers in accessing credit. Having a split in a credit report is a big issue financially, but beyond that, it can have some real-world consequences. It effectively outs someone to anyone looking at their credit report. What we've inadvertently created is a system that has downstream impacts that are life-changing for our community because guess what? There are loads of folks out there who don't want to hire trans folk, and there are lots of them who wouldn't want them to live in their building. And what we are all doing by participating in the system is we're creating, we're exacerbating those problems. Keisha, as I mentioned, I moved recently and you're in the process of moving. And it's pretty scary how vulnerable we are to the data and information we have to give out. To see this being thought of and in their design thinking and how they are developing their products is unique. We don't just design for the thing in front of us. We design for the second order impacts, the third order impacts, because actually we may find that some of the changes we make can improve trans access to housing, um, trans access to employment. And so therefore, I think what we've learned from why we're getting so many false positives in KYC has actually had a transformational effect about how we look at the role that Daylight can play, not only in financial services and banking, but in how the implications of what we can do um, can have a ripple effect across um, the lives of our community. This product-led pro-customer outlook is key to serving communities and key to successful financial services in the future. We need to create products tailored for our customers' lives and journeys for everyone's benefit. This is why niche banking is taking off. It's a real opportunity to build a loyal and fervent user base who will carry you with them through the next steps of their lives. Where we are seeing uh, financial services move in, in a kind of a general sense is towards, you know, hyper-personalized vertical banking. And 
I think that, you know, we're, we're very lucky to be kind of on the forefront of this change, but I think it's, it's so exciting because for so long, so many people have been given the exact same experience uh, in banking and are not really being served by a one size fits all approach. And so, you know, what technology and what the rise of, of, you know, uh, banking as a service startups give us is the ability to create these hyper-specific products for, for small and niche communities. Um, though I will say the LGBT community is not small as 30 million of us in the US, but you know we are still considered a niche community and we do have specific needs. Now, this is a really interesting approach to the future of banking, not just for the queer community. When we talk about these products being hyper-personalized, that doesn't mean their ambitions for business have to be small or limited in any way. In fact, Billy sees Daylight having a much wider offering in the future, something that could be seen in the same vein as a super app serving queer markets. Our goal is to be the largest LGBT finance and lifestyle company in the world. Um, We have very, very large aspirations that extend way beyond finance. You know, being LGBT affects every aspect of your life um, and is such a broad experience for so many people. You know, it is, it doesn't matter what your background is, where you grew up, uh, who your parents are, like you can be part of, you can be LGBT. And so, you know, there is a huge wealth of opportunity to build, you know, a huge broad range of products. These new developments mean a lot to me and something I was so excited hearing about. But this could have implications way beyond just the LGBT community. This kind of banking could really be the tipping point for solving the issue of underbanked groups. And that is it for this episode of The Money Pop. We are approaching Pride Month, which for those of you who don't know, is June. Rob and Billy told us what they expected from financial services companies in the future during this important month. You can find out more information and how to get involved with the Call Me By My Name campaign at www.joindaylight.com. We want to thank our guests, Rob Curtis and Billy Simmons, the co-founders of Daylight. And we want to thank our producers, Rachel Morrissey and Roland Boddenham. And I want to mention that the U.S. and European call for content are still open until Friday, May 28th. So if you can see yourself on the stage at one of our shows this year, make sure to get your submission in. And if you like the podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review in iTunes. Thank you for listening. This is Essential. 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 This is Essential Audio.